In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. We salute you. We salute you because you are getting it done in the stress bubble of life, because you are grinding it out as a man in the arena. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Man Card Podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to manhood. So guys, our goal every week is to call you into the arena of manhood, to call you out of the faceless, nameless void of the male-dominated bleachers, and to call you up to the absolute best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone, everyone wins. wins. Wow, Pat. Sorry, I was a little late, bit late on that. When a man gets late. it, everyone's, everyone's, late. Late. everyone's late. Except for Pat. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. Pat. Anyway, hey, I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here, Sweet. of course, with the doctor of sound the mix master pat george how you doing man i am stellar well today. you answered that one on time i am i did yeah <laughs> got my god shirt on so see i don't even know what that god means shirt. did you wait three days before you answer if i resurrect the <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> well we're all wearing black or gray man is this did johnny cash was he born on this day i, I don't know Anyway, and then, of course, uh, I've got right in front of me is the backbone of the mcp uh my buddy and a producer of this podcast, Dale Culver. How you doing, my man? Excellent. Excellent. Wow. wow. It's good. It's good so uh, let's see if Dale has actually prepared a man word or did he make it up like right now. You got a man word? Yes, I do. Okay. So this is going to be a tough one for me. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. You know what? I'm going to have to tell you. I'm going to have to confess that I don't have a guest. No, I don't no, even have no, a guest no, today. That's excellent. No, no. So, so I don't know. What do you got for me? Excellence. Oh, dude. You, I, that was okay. I'm really offended right now. Okay. So why is excellence a man word? Uh, it's important that uh, as a man, you do everything with excellence or you strive for excellence. Um, like this podcast. I, I think so many 
people appreciate the fact that you actually study up on your guests before you have them on, and you don't just wing it and fling it. So yeah. um, when you're doing something, then when you go home, try to love your family and lead them with excellence. Well, that, you know, the reason why I study up on the podcast uh, guests is because the guys we have on here are magnum. Mm-hmm. And for me to have them come on and not do my due diligence dishonors them. Correct. And I'm all about honor. I read a book years ago, and they defined it was actually a book on worship. Can you believe it? And the guy in that book, I don't remember what the book was about except for worship. But the guy defined excellence as getting better each time. Mm. So that I love that definition of excellence. That every time I want to get better. In other words, I may not be the greatest dad right now, but I'm going to get better every time mm-hmm. as I parent. I may not love my wife. The way I want to right now, we had a guy in the arena posted about, you know, what's the biggest frustration with your wife? And it was just like a flood of guys because we're all trying to get better so that that frustration we have, we can overcome that. And to me, that's excellence, right? I want to I want to look better as I age. I know I'm getting old, but I want to I want to grow in age. I want to grow in my love for Shan. I want to grow in excellence. And so I love that, man. Excellence is not perfection. This is what people think it is. It's not. It's getting better every time. And I took it off of Glenn's website. I know you did. I know you did. You're a big loser. So, <laughs> hey, guys, we got a cool shout-out on iTunes from Grugrux, and his topic was Real Talk for Real Men. He gave us a positive review. So if you would reach out to us with your address, we will send you one of our men in the arena custom-made Next Level T-shirt shirts. So thanks a lot, man. Keep those reviews coming. We had our greatest month of downloads this month. It's the biggest month we've ever had of guys listening to our podcast. Who would have thought August would have been our greatest month? So really, really cool. Hey, guys, also want to let you know, bank our banquet is October 27th. That banquet goes to pay Dale Culver's salary. And uh, so we really rely on that as a big event for us. If you have any donations, cash, or in-kind, let us know. If you have any kind of skills or timeshares or vacation homes, we need whatever we can to auction off. I mean, guided hunts, that type of thing. Let us know, guys. We we really want to uh, go big this year with our banquet. So thank you so much. Also, guys, if you haven't done so already, make sure you get to our Men in the Arena Facebook forum. We are one day away from having 10,000 men down uh, join that closed group in less than 10 months. So it's exploding, guys. It's really the best forum out there for men. Get out there, and if you're a pastor guy and you want to get involved, we have arena pastors from all over the country engaging with these guys. So, guys, that's super cool. I'm very, very excited. And so, hey, I'm really excited today about our guest. So I've got Glenn Dry on the phone, in the car, heading to a meeting. He's got his gun rack in the back. I think there's a couple guns back there. So let me introduce him to you. He's born and raised in Victoria, Texas. Husband to Sherry Lynn Renee Ross for 20 years. Stellar. Father to Alan, 14. Daughters Bailey, 12. And Casey, 7. He's a graduate from Texas A&M University in 1997. And he is the founder and president of Experience Excellence. Under that is Man to Man Ministries, the Family Outdoor Expo, Res Fest, and Legacy Hunts. He's currently the lead pastor and founder of the Sportsman's Church. Isn't that cool? I love oh, that. Oh, gosh. I, well, I can I join that. from at Oregon? Anyway, yeah. and he launched that church in 2013. He's also a contributing writer for SportsmanDevotional.com. He is a hunter. He's a fisherman. And hunting, fishing, and the outdoors are a top five priority for Team Dry. You know, we have a, we have a text thread called Team Ramos. And we hashtag Team Ramos, so that's pretty funny. Yeah, so I'm really excited, Glenn. How you doing, man? I'm excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, man. It's been uh, 
it's getting good to, to listen to you guys and get to know you, and I'm excited about what you guys are doing. Yeah, and I'm really excited about what you're doing, man. I've got so many questions because you're doing something that very few do. Uh, you focus on men in church. And so I, w- I have some questions about that. But before I do that, bro, I'm going to throw you into our rapid fire round. Are you ready for this? Bring it on. Okay, well, I'm going to bring it. Every time I speak in a church, my wife texts me, no matter if she's on a trip or not, and she just texts me two words, bring it. And then then if I don't bring it, she goes, you didn't bring it. (laughs) So I'm going to try to bring it to you, Glenn. This is the finish the sentence round, all right? You ready for this? Here we go. All right. Number one, if I were governor of Texas for one day, I would. Have a national holiday during the opening day of deer season. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man, I'm liking this guy. Yeah, it's so good. Somebody said to me, all you ever talk about is hunting and fishing. I go, well, we kind of, gosh, our audience is kind of suburban and rural guys. And so a lot of these guys are outdoorsmen. They're working guys. And so mm-hmm. hunting's a big part of their sustenance and their life. And you know what? I say amen to that. So, hey, uh, here's one for you, man. I've always been curious about this because Texans – all the the Texans love Texas. I mean, more than any other state I've ever I've ever encountered. So here's my here's my finish the sentence for you, bro. I love Texas because I love Texas because we could become our own state and 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 take care of ourselves, and everybody else can figure out what they need to do on their own. <laughs> Good luck with the rest of y'all. You know, you but should we read... can take care. Of, we can take care of ourselves. Well, you know that's how you know how they came into the union was not because they couldn't though, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the but thing about could... Texas is they could do it now. That's right. We're the only ones that can. Yeah, I agree. Oh well, yep. hold on a second. California can too. Could they? It's in their constitution. Well, it'd be a socialist nation, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, that, that. Well, let's don't. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go. Oh, there. it's yeah. in your. I'm just messing. I'm from California. It's in your constitution. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, it's a I'm good sorry. place to be from, man. Yeah, like we're one of the only states that actually teaches their own history in public school. Oh, that's awesome. That's right. The only the thing about Texas, though, that for me is hard is I'm a I'm a I've always been raised in the mountains. I love the mountains. And uh, I was, uh, we had a board member that uh, went to uh, A&M and he lived in College Station and we drove out there and it was just like Bass Pond, Bass Pond, Bass Pond, Bass Pond, flat, 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 flat. Man, I just need those hills. That's my only thing. Yeah, that's over in the other part of the state. Oh, we is got it? Plenty okay. of, we, yeah, we got plenty of those too. But I'll tell you what, it was beautiful. I loved it out there. Loved the people. Man, it was awesome. Very, very cool. So, all right, here we go, man. One thing I love about my wife is... She likes to hunt with me. Oh, you married a you unicorn. Are so lucky. <laughs> unicorn. Yep. Well, you know what's interesting? So in the West, you do a lot, or in the, where you're at, you do a lot of tree stand hunting, right? A ball nine, mostly. Blind we sit hunting. in boxes. We sit in boxes with air conditioning. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> some, well, some people do, but no, not I. But yeah, and then and then some 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 go hang out in a tree. Yeah. I hear you. Well, in the West, most of it is running and gunning. You know, a lot of hiking. And so where I grew up, we had rattlesnakes, bears, cougar, scorpions, hot ticks. And so my wife, you know, that's tough for the women. But out here, uh, it's a little cooler where we live in Oregon. But I think that tree stand hunting or the duck blind, I think that would really work. So that's really cool, man, oh, that yeah. your wife is. So So she, who's killed a bigger buck, her or you? She has. <laughs> Did you let her yep. or was it what, what happened? Yeah, I took her. I guided her. I took her on a hunt. And she killed a, a buck whitetail and she's killed. 
180 class mule deer and she's what? yeah she's killed some big deer so mule deer where are you hunting mule deer i've hunted them in colorado new mexico and texas wow i've actually uh i've actually killed a mule deer in new mexico and this bull cool. behind me is colorado but my cousin killed a 223 buck we did a backpack trip out of the uh uh, uh, Carson Wilderness there in New Mexico in Unit 2B, and so beautiful country back there. So, wow, I think that, man, I'm connecting with this guy. So, okay, here we go, here we go. I get ticked off when? When when I get, tic- I get ticked off a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, um, I get, I get uh, when, when, when people don't do what they say they're going to do. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I really appreciate that. So, um, well, you know, I find that guys that work with men and guys that have a passion for equipping men, there is some anger sometimes under the surface because we're so passionate about somebody that nobody mm-hmm. else really cares about, and the and the marginalization of men in America, nobody's speaking out against that. So the guys that are doing that, <clears throat> there's a passion behind that. That, yeah, you know, and I, I, I how would you? discern between passion and anger well i think we live with a certain level of righteous anger in our lives because of what we are called to do in in discipling men and in a culture that you and i would agree in that completely ignores it and so i think we we just have to figure out a way to somewhat try to live a healthy life and with that righteous anger knowing uh that our passion is to go and get out and do that and to say and disciple men and so it's i think we i i don't i don't think it is, it's ever going to go away for those of us who are called into that market space uh and we just have to figure out a way to get other men in our life who can help us manage that uh, to the best of our ability that's interesting you know i was having uh breakfast with a man yesterday who is an author and a speaker in the northwest and uh, we were talking about men's movements in the northwest and he said you know i know you used to know a couple guys but you're the only ministry to men in the entire northwest that i know of and he said this he said i think it's impossible to have a nonprofit organization for men in the northwest now we've just finished our sixth year but that stirs up something in me that says oh yeah let's see you know and so i really appreciate that answer man that righteous anger because when you're when you're in that space you don't think of it as being righteous you just think of it as being a, a sense of yes but you know right. jesus uh, i hate gotta, uh, you know he got ticked off well yeah and when he when he uh, i love it when the the bible the title over the bible says cleanse the temple and i'm like <laughs> dude they should call that title he kicked butt and took names he ripped the temple right. a new one i mean you know what i mean because right. he was fired up over the yes, unrighteousness sir. that was going on there that's right it was his call to righteousness that drove that you know, because he saw that and he was like calling them out and this is not going to be done in my father's house. You know, and that's the same thing you and I struggle with whenever we see those those things taking place. And, yeah, we do. We probably tick some people off in the process and we say some things that, you know, are going to because our, cult, our culture doesn't embrace that. Yeah, that's really. So how do you balance that, man? How do you balance this holy frustration with a sense of a default setting of love and loving others? How do you balance that? I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just let I it fly. I don't. You know, I. I think my best. I think. I think at my best, I'm. I. I. I get with other men that I respect and I trust 
not necessarily that they're in my same space, but I know that they deeply care for the word of God. I know they're deep, they're deep men of God and they care about me too. And I just, I, I try to be as honest and, and well, and as real as I am with them about where I'm at and the frustration, because I think your, your friends is correct building and sustaining what you and I are doing in the form of a quote unquote nonprofit or whatever it may be, I think is, is one of the most difficult tasks on this side uh, to be Mm. able to make that, to make that a reality. I've been living in it for 18 years. Um, I started, yeah, I think, I think that's when I started in 01. So it's 18. So that's close enough. Wow. And realizing just the, the difficulty in, in running. And I was in business in the first few years. And then I jumped ship and went full time into it over 15 years ago and have been trying to figure out that balance ever since. And, and, I, and I think like even this morning, I just prayed and asked God that I would trust him more fully this morning. And realizing in the last month alone, I've read the, the, the you know, in the Lord's Prayer where it says, give us this, give us today my daily bread it doesn't say i'm going to give you your quarterly bread or i'm going to give you your annual bread it says i'm going to give you your daily bread and and for me i came out of the business world and so i thought in quarters and months 30-day cycles you know 90-day cycles and you're in one three five ten year which a lot of men do and 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 jesus is like stop it yeah stop it get you know that's not how i ask you to pray it's not how i ask you to live and so it, it runs in the face of everything I was taught, trained and built to be. And so I'm still 18 years in now in the last month going, God, I need your daily bread. I that's, need your daily that's bread. So today. good, man. I, Cause I, I mean, I'm six years in and I, I had a buddy at lunch yesterday rebuked me for crying about that, that topic. So, you know, it's really interesting in the Bible when, when we're told to pray that prayer, that word for bread, I don't know if you, you know, that's the only time in the New Testament that word is used and they couldn't figure out what that word meant. So theologians, you know how they are. Oh, it means, oh, this deep word. Well, they found a piece of ancient papyrus and on that ancient papyrus was a bunch of Aramaic and on that was this word for bread. And they thought, oh, man, we've discovered, oh, wow, we've discovered this holy document. Oh, man, and this is recorded in William Barclay's commentary. And it was funny, as they unpacked what this this ancient papyrus, deep theological piece of uh, uh, scribble was, they re- realized it was a women's shopping list. <laughs> oh, so So when, when God says, our daily bread, he means it. <laughs> he, mean, he means every bit of it. Oh, man. Hey, so if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? I could change one thing about my life, what would it be? I would, I would change the amount of time that I spend um, with my children and my and my family because you can't ever get it back. So I would, I would, if I could change it, which I have been doing dramatically over the last five plus years. Uh, I just had my twenty-one year anniversary last week. Uh, with a 15, 13 and eight year old now, it's just reality. I got one, I got them left for the, I only got 10 years left with them under, you know, with my baby. Yeah. Uh, at eight, you know, and so if I could change one thing, man, it's how I could strategically build into my world and calendar to, to be with them more. Wow. You know, how, how old are you, uh, Glenn? I'm 43. Okay. So I'm about nine years older than you. And it's really interesting. When I was in my thirties, it was work hard, go hard, go hard, go hard. And, and actually I'm confessing this to our audience. 
I I love my wife and love my kids and did that because if I didn't, I was going to get yelled at. I mean, I, I, I worked as much as I possibly could, as long as I possibly could. I slept as little as I possibly could. Right. And I go back. Our guys listen to this are what we call them our men in the arena. They're living in the stress bubble of life. You're in it right now. You have yes. work. You got kids. You're trying to love a woman. And what I could go back and tell these guys is this. Sleep a full seven to eight hours and take a full two days off and take all your vacation and don't work any more than 55 hours a week because it's not worth it. If you can't get it done in 55 hours a week and say eight hours of sleep, then buddy, man, you've got your priorities jacked up. Your wife and your kids need you more than anybody else. And it's and guys, I'm, it's guys our age. We look back and we go, I wish I would have done that. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. So, and I'm doing it. I'm not going to be, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know, I got enough men around me. To, I don't want to, and I want to, for the first time in my life, I took, like in July, I brought, I had four, five different people preach for me on Sunday and it was so healthy just to bring those five men that I trust in as well to preach at my church. Plus it gave me time to reflect. It gave me time to think differently. And, and so it was just such a healthy experience of doing that in my, in my low forties. We're still, you know, not only wait till after I'm 50, yeah. you know, to, to do some of those steps that really create some healthy space in my life for, for, for me too, to be able to see a little clearer and how I'm, how I'm operating. Well, hey, man, I just uh, feel like I should offer this to you. So I can fly for free. My wife's a flight attendant. So if you need a guy, give me some advance. I'll fly out and do a Sunday for you. Just throw me a bass lure, and we'll throw some lures. I'll come on back. No, we got, just, we I'll just some, come we, and do it. So just let me know. Cool. So it'll be fun. Appreciate it. I might be, I might be a horrible speaker. But you like to shoot uh, things. And <laughs> catch things. But, hey, I might be a horrible speaker, but for free, don't be a complainer. Amen. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm not. Now I am I'm speaking. Sure I am speaking as the keynote at ISI in New York and Florida, so I've got something going for me, which is nice. There you go. <laughs> okay. Hey, man. Hey, give us a little. Uh, I I didn't realize you've been doing this for so many years. Tell us a little bit about your life, the your background. Give us a little bit of your story here in a couple minutes. In a couple of minutes. Well, I my a little bit of my background. I was raised. Uh, I was raised in the church. Uh, ignored the church. Uh, I was. Uh, radically saved at 16 a damascus experience mm. and uh, and then i committed to full-time ministry at 17 i began i was oh. being discipled then by other men in my in my church and then i began discipling men at 17 so i've been at it i've been at it a long time and then i went to a&m joined a men's fraternity i went to work for a church and youth ministry um and then I was uh, in my men's fraternity at A&M. Uh, we had men's small groups and discipleship for four years. Um, and then long story short, uh, went off to seminary, got a couple of seminary degrees and started a, 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 a it just seems like every other week I was with another guy that was headed south. You know, it just seemed and we were all supposed to be the guys that were going out to lead the church. And it just seemed like every <laughs> week, man over a taco it was either porn addiction it was either anger it was either some or some form of substance abuse it was typically one of those three yeah um and which which uncovered a lot of things and i was the guy going through i was in the counseling master i got a master's in counseling and education and and, uh, and so i was the guy they came to for 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 talk and and so I, I i was like god what do you want me to do with this and so then i launched a small little nonprofit. i started a business i funded it with my business I met with men. I wanted them to experience excellence both personally and professionally in their life so that they could live out the Christian disciplines and walk humbly with, with their creator. And that was my vision that I penned 18 years ago. And, and then from that man to man ministries was born 
and uh, from a relationship with a guy named Bud McGinnis out of Plano, Texas. And I pinned encouraging men in their faith, equipping men to lead their family and engaging men in the community and uh, 18 years ago and, and, and launched to, to be able to help men finding resources. So I bought resources 18 years ago where they didn't exist. I mean, that was a space, my friend, that was non-existent. I mean, it was just so rare, wow. um, so rare back then. And uh, Steve Farrar used to pick on me because I created a library and uh, he called me the Walmart of men's resources, you know, 15 because <laughs> I found anything and everything I could get my hands on, which took me like five minutes, actually. Because uh, but and, and now the uh, and, and so the beauty of forming that over the last 15 years is encouraging men uh, to, to in those in, the, in that space. And then also, uh, you know, I would be I would meet with anywhere from at a minimum three, sometimes 15 men a week uh, in my ministry. Uh, just helping them along, helping them professionally, personally guide their way through uh, just life as we know it. And then along the way, I worked on a staff. Uh, I moved home, worked on a, my at my home church, got in my home church, established a men's ministry in my home church. I helped establish one in my church I was at at Travis Avenue. And then uh, after through that, the Lord called me out to start a church that that just oozed, eat, thought, you know, bled, sweat, men. So I started a sportsman's church, very much similar to a cowboy church environment. Just it's kind of a cowboy church on steroids. Uh, you know, we do we do a lot of that stuff too, but we also kill fish and catch and walk and hike and and uh, we meet on Sunday nights. At, you know, and so you go do what you want to do, and then you come to church on Sunday evening, uh, and that's our main our main time together. And that was five years ago, and uh, and so just walking throughout that pathway. Uh, I've just discovered uh, that men on the fringe, uh, that's where most men are going to live. They're either on the fringe or they're outside of it. Yeah. And so we have to build as many on-ramps as possible for mm. those men to be able to be, get engaged. And so I've done, uh, I've done, uh, I ha- I've, hold, I've held man camps for the last 20 years. Uh, weekend, I got 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. And uh, we've probably, I don't know how many thousands of men have gone through that process, but Anyway, regardless, uh, you know, men, I've found when we can when we can break down the numbers and get them into a, a, a smaller setting that fits us, like your office space you've created for men. You're all mm-hmm. you enjoy your office space. We just go in that same space outside and uh, enjoy every minute of it. And it's a it's a blast to be able to, to watch those men come to a place in their life. And what I say that we should never be the same in Jesus name. So when I go back, if I go to this and I come back and I'm not, I don't love my wife better or more than I did. And I don't make more space for my children and become, and become the father that I know that God can design me to be. Then I don't, I don't need to be jacking and playing this whole game. Mm -hmm. I need to, I need, I need to actually, you know, look in the mirror and ask myself who I really want to become. And so from those, that's the space I've, I've, I've come out of, man. I, I grew up in a great family. Uh, my mom and dad loved me and challenged me, uh, growing up, but never, never did we pray hmm. at home. Uh, we went to church. They put me in the right places. Oh my, I, I thank God every day they chose my dad got up and took me to church in the most basic setting. I tell men that, that that's, that's, that's step one and showing up is half the battle. Yeah. And then letting God do the rest. And so I just thank God every day I had a father who cared enough to get me up and get me out of bed and take me to church and and a church that cared enough 
to share with me about Jesus because my dad didn't grow up in a culture. His his family, he was it was not passed on to him, and so he, you can't you can't give what you don't possess. Yeah, and so he didn't possess it, and he and so and he was never taught effectively through the church to be able to disciple that as well into his family. And so I told myself five years ago, I'm going to create if I if I God if you put me in this position, I want to I want to build healthy men that lead their families, love their families. And can and can carry that on, uh, and and for whatever it's worth, when God called me out at 16 years old, um, you know I've never I've never looked back, and so I've decided, you know, that He's got the rest of my life, and and I, I just am continuing to pray on that path, that men's discipleship uh, is a very difficult place to live, where you're choosing to live in these last six years is underfunded, understaffed, under resourced, and and so it's. It's, it's on the bottom of the, on the, of the barrel, yeah. you know? And so I, it, I applaud men in this space and this resource because man, we need, we need 50 of you guys out there yeah. doing what you're doing, you know? And so that's just, uh, uh, just my two cents on some of that. No, that's really good, man. Well, you know, you have just generated a hundred questions. So, uh, first question. So you said you started discipling men at 17. How old are, are you discipling guys that are your peers at 17 uh, or older guys? I mean, generally speaking, I'm assuming they were young teenage guys. Most of them were young teenage guys. Some of them were college guys. Okay, man, that's impressive. Wow, really impressive. And I, and I just thought, uh, you know, you made a comment about your dad, no matter what he did, he just, he just showed up. And that really spurred, I just wrote a blog, actually it went out this week called Men Show Up, and it was from John chapter 4 where Jesus sat at the well. The Bible says he was tired, he was mm. hungry, and he was thirsty. But he showed up, and he changed the whole environment in Samaria because he showed up. And I think that's that's so, so important. So uh, I'm going to go back to your counseling degree and your coaching. <clears throat> uh, I, on your website, it says this. The Glenn Jai has coached men to levels of personal achievement they have never seen before and wants to help you do the same. He shares his personal life game plan for you, uh, for your review, and also for use as a template to begin your adventure to becoming all you were designed to be. So, so I'm, I've, that generates some questions to me. So, if I came to you to coach me, do you have a systematic approach, or is it different for every guy? And and what does this, um, what is this? Uh, oh, where is it? Uh, what what does this game plan look like? Gotcha. Well, the. It would depend on where you are, what season of life. Just you know, and I, I would do just a, a brief. I'd spend a couple of times with you, praying, finding out where you, where you, what's what season of life you're in, uh, what direction are you going, uh, what's your main fight at this moment yeah. in life, and and so that that really now helps direct me in where we're going. And I would I would find. Um, I, I, I would find a place, uh, of entry into that man's life, uh, to where I'm like, so what are you praying for daily? Cause every man I've ever met with for almost, you know, well, you get it for 30 years, whatever <laughs> it is, as does not pray daily. Okay. Hmm. Doesn't pray daily. Every, almost every man I met does not, does not read the word daily. And so I get him on just a consistent plan just to build some of that into his life. And we just work backwards into that, to becoming a daily man versus a weekly man or a monthly man or just opening my Bible at church man if I even attend. And so and, and and typically there's always the fight against sin and the fight against the fight for our family. And so those are two angles that I approach when I meet with guys. I'm saying what's what are what sin are we fighting against and what are you fighting for your family and what regard are you fighting for your family? 
And so I do, I just map those out to the, to the best of our ability with him on a piece of paper. Cause if it's not written down, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we write that down on a piece of paper. Uh, I'm less goal driven than I used to be. I used to be super goal driven in that game plan. Uh, matter to a fault, I believe, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so, I've, I've really backed off that in the last five years to become less goal driven and, 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 and more just to the point of, okay, guy, where, where are we, where are we going to be next? Uh, like in the next couple of hours, like where, where could we be in the next couple of days? Uh, and it goes back to, I think the Lord's prayer and just really simplifying things better in a more practical way for somebody to be able to, you know, if they say, if you want to eat an elephant, you eat them one bite at a time. Right. Yep, yep. And so that's, that's what we go. And so a lot of guys come to me with all kinds of addictions and, and I, I and I've battled my own and I share some of those on in a public setting. And most of the time I, I, I reserve them for a private setting. Yeah. Um, and, and so those, those, uh, but I can, I can attest to, to my crowd and to my audience that, uh, since my son was born, since he was 15 years old, I have not fought the same demons that I used to fight. Exactly. Uh, they are gone. They are gone, and they are over, and they were done. And I've never gone back to that well in 15 years. And I don't have to go back to that well because my gospel says I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's where my coaching comes in with men that come in to say, "Well, I've done this. I've done that. What can we? What other angle can we look at?" And I had men get into my life that said, "Glenn, you know, if this is your struggle, then the you know my Bible says then get it out of your life. You know." And I've told men the simplest way to stop some addictions is just to try to find a new way to drive home. If you can just drive home a different way, most of the time you're going to be okay. Yeah. But it's the time where you choose to drive that other way where you know you shouldn't take that street, but you do it anyway and you realize the results you're going to get. And so I've just really, God's really molded me and shaped me uh, and taught me so much in helping men win that I really have. I mean, when I sit down with a guy, I expect to win. Yeah. I expect for him to move in places and, and but he's never gone before. And I've it blows my mind when, when I help a man begin to fast. I mean, how rare is it that you meet with a guy who's ever fasted? Yeah. I mean, it, it's I can count on one hand in 30 years how many men I've met that have ever fasted. Yeah. And so when I start saying one of my coaches in my life said, Glenn, when you're choosing to go without so that others can have, you know, that one of the essence of fasting and you're praying for somebody else to have breakthrough in your life, in their life, then, then it changes the game, you know, cause you're, you're, cause I'm, my battle's not the man, you know, that our battle's not the addiction, you know, our battles, our, our battles in the spiritual realm. Yep. And so and when we put it where it's supposed to be and quit jacking with it, you know, on this earth where we can, cause we just want to fight what we can see and we want to put on gloves and punch each other cause we can see blood, but it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so I think the, the better that, that we can help reposition people and help men rethink what they're doing. Because if I want to change the way a man feels, all I have to do is point him to Romans 12 and say, I can change the way how you feel if I can change the way how you think. Yep. And so this is pretty simple, you know? And so we just walk through how he thinks and what he's been taught his whole life. Cause of bottom line, if a dude's been told he's worthless his whole life or he's been told he's not going to amount to anything, that's what he believes. That's how he feels. So I have to change that biblically. And I can't do that. You and I know that the Holy spirit through the power of the word of God is going to convince that man that he is a son of God and that he can have victory and win. And so that's where we've really gone that. And I, and I expose, I, I, I open up my book, my game plan book to guys I meet with one-on-one and I show them the last 20 years. Uh, and I've had a theme for my life every year for the last 20 years. And, and so I seek that out and then I revolve around that theme 
and I build different subsets in it to where I can walk through and grab scripture that captures each of those settings and, and those themes. And I just champion those throughout the year. And that's really what's helped build build that relationship and coaching relationship that I have with guys. And that's really good. Hey, we're going to take a short break here from our sponsor. We'll be right back. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. So you made a comment earlier that I thought was really good. You said when you meet with men and coach men, you expect movement. You know, I was a reading in James where it says, uh, you know, faith without works is dead. And then there was, a, there was a little discussion in the Bible I was reading about that phrase. And it was really good, and I'd never thought of it this way. And it said this, that where there is life, there is movement. Mm. And so, Amen. so I can expect movement because if that guy is a follower of Jesus, not a Christian. Right. Christian means, right. to me, right. Christian means I'm a Republican NRA member. Uh, right. God, I, sta- a, I stand. I stand for the Pledge of Allegiance or the National Anthem. You know, it means certain mm-hmm. things. But if I'm truly following, if I'm truly mm-hmm. pursuing, hunting, chasing after God, there should be movement and a willingness to change instead of a desire to be coddled by somebody who is coaching me. And there's too many men out there that just want to be coddled. In their, right. in their behavior as they wallow in the pig pen. But a man who truly is alive, you made a comment earlier. You said, uh, I want to be honest and real with a couple good friends. And then you also said that you want you ask guys what is their fight against sin and what is their fight for their family. So that fight, that fight, mm-hmm. I did not fight sin as a young man. I celebrated it. We'd rent the porno videos. It was videos right. back then. We'd drink and party till we were hammered and barfed. And I have memories of Bacardi and peanut butter coming back in my face because I power blowed so hard in the toilet. I'm ashamed of the things I used to celebrate sleeping right. around with women. So as a believer, we fight against those things and we fight for those things. I mean, I'm just repeating what you said. I just really, sure. I'm resonating with this. This is really, really good. I uh, went on your website. I've studied it for quite a while, and I'm really uh, in awe, intrigued, but I do have some questions about yeah. some things. So you have three things listed, and I just want you to separate those out, kind of get your fingers between the sinews there and separate them out here. You On Sunday mornings, you have Sportsman's Church. Nope, Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night is Sportsman's Church. 
Sunday morning. I'm sorry. Sunday morning is branded cowboy. Cowboy church. Church. Yep. And then Thursdays is man church. Yep. Okay. So can you tell me what how those are different? So branded yes. cowboy, sportsman church, and man church. How are those different as far as when I walk into the service, what are they? how do they look different? Okay. The man, man church on Thursday night has no music. I told you guys. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. I, I think men don't need music. Anyway, go go ahead. And man church, uh, in the first 10 minutes, you find another guy and you introduce yourself to that guy and you tell him your story and then you pray with that man. And then we have a guy and then we have a man share for uh, 10 minutes, a TED talk. And he has 10 minutes to share his TED talk. And then uh, we also have a, a, we try to find an older gentleman that gives uh, just a, some a three minute quick. Uh, here's what I would do different with my life if I had the opportunity to do it with my life. And then we give them in 15 to 20 minutes around their huddle with the, 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 the TED talk. The, the gentleman who shared for 10 minutes is supposed to leave the huddle with one to two questions to, to debrief on for 20 minutes. And we serve barbecue every Thursday at six o'clock. Uh, actually, no, at seven, we're moving to six 30, but we, it, it was, it was, it's a, it, we do man church, a mute, we did message and, um, and, and barbecue for men. And so anyway, um, the idea is you come and have barbecue and sausage at, when you show up, you get with another guy, tell him your story, pray with them. Uh, we have a brief introduction announcements, anything that's coming up with the guys, and then we have a guy speak for 10 minutes, and then we break up into huddles for 20, and then we'll go home. So that's d- it. Define TED Talk for me. Okay, he's got 10, he's got 10 minutes, man, to do what, whatever, to bring whatever the Holy Spirit's talking to him about. Okay. We don't define it. We don't define it. Uh, we have given some guys like a brief outline on some, paran- you know, just on, hey, here's what you would do if they've never, ever got in front of a group, ever, which we've had some guys do, and it is awesome to watch. Yeah. Uh, but, Anyway, some and, and then some of these, and then what we decided to do is back off of letting anybody sign up. We've got six men on our Man Church Lead team, and we just rotate those six men now. And so they've gotten so much better at delivering, and they spend an amazing amount of time thinking about what that 10 minutes is going to look like. And so it's been pretty awesome to watch those guys' personal growth as well, just in them diving into the Word and getting up in front of men and, and being just being who they are and sharing has been has been probably the best thing we've done over the years and so this is thursday nights correct yep yep and so how is that event attended compared to branded cowboy and the sportsman's church is it less it's a thursday night is it just as much attended or what do we got going on let 30 men okay so it's it's designed for a smaller setting per se yes sir okay so 30 men around around round tables inside of a, a venue that looks like a man cave Oh, I love it. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out how much meat there. Well, now realize there's also if I'm if I'm not mistaken, don't you have a fish fry too? Like a you do steak yeah, night and a quarter, fish fry. Well, man to man discipleship is built to where it's built on a global on a global deal. Man to man discipleship was built off a no man left behind model. Yeah, that I re, that I researched 15 years ago when I was Morley. out with Pat. I was out with Pat 15 years ago. Uh huh. When it was called some other name, and. Anyway, so I build. We have an event called Reload that happens every May on the National Day of Prayer with about 500 men, and then we have a quarterly deal. Uh, it was a steak night. Now we do steak, fish, steak, fish, and that's once a quarter. And then we have Man Church, which is once a week, and then we have one to one. We have man to man, face to face discipleship. So that's the funnel. If you were to look oh, at it from, a, yeah. If you were to look at it from a 
from a global standpoint, you have, you know, five, we, for 15 years, we've been doing reload three, six, one, which is 500 guys, big barbecue, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and then we narrow that down to once a quarter and then we man churches every, every week. And then we, then we come down and, and then guys, are, it's a, awesome to find guys who have connected through that. And you go over to a, a taco joint in town, you see them off in the corner, man, doing exactly what you're designed, but it happened organically. We didn't do it. You know, we didn't tell people what to do. It just happens because that's the design. And we just, we just share that from the platform and encourage men to do that. And more guys have stepped up. There's a couple other groups that, have formed uh, off of those. There's more huddles that meet. We call them campfires, and those campfires meet out in the community at different places. They're smaller. They got five to six guys showing up to them, and they may study there, and they go. They may go through a book or whatever, or just have some prayer time together uh, and accountability. They go to a different. Le- they go to the next level. Um, so that's kind of how Man Church is designed. And then Branded Cowboy Church is a is has. I have a pastor, Pastor Mike Whitfield. Pastors that it's only six months old. Meets on Sunday morning oh, wow. in the air, in the air conditioner. Uh, meets in the AC. Uh, pa- uh, and it's got a cowboy band, and Pastor Mike brings a message, and it's a family atmosphere. Uh, and then Sportsman's Church is 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 five years old. Meets on Sunday night outside under a pavilion. We sweat. We uh, have it's it, we we get cold, and uh, we open it up for fishing at three o'clock for the fish pond. And we just built our three D archery range where people can come shoot their bows before church and they can stay afterwards now. And uh, for an hour, they can come two hours before we meet for bonfire. We don't call it church. We don't call it a service. We call it bonfire. All of our small groups are called campfires. So when you come all bring all the campfires together, you have a bonfire. And, and so that is set up. I only have three guys that lead music for sportsman's church. And it's very simple. We only sing three songs. I do a 20 minute message. And then we have a prayer time at the end where people can get with our leaders out around the pavilion that we meet at for about five minutes and, uh, and we go home. So it's, it's built. My messages are built to retain the attention for men and attract them. And we have about 150 on any given Sunday night at that church. It's five years old and we have about, we're averaging about 50 at Brandy Cowboy church on Sunday mornings, but it's really, really young still. Yeah. You're so that's, that's, that's the differences in the sportsman's church, like our outreach events, we do 3d archery tournaments. You know, we partner with Texas youth hunting program. We do youth hunts. Uh, we do, uh, we do some father and son, we do some fishing, you know, outreach events. So anything in the outdoors, bottom line, we, we gravitate to. And the, and this is all, all of this takes place on your ranch. Yeah. It takes place on my, our nonprofit ministry that uh, owns Sun Valley ranch. And that's, an, it's, that's a whole other story in and of itself. Man, that is just really cool. So are you thinking that this branded Cowboy Church will eventually, as it grows, will become the larger end of the funnel and funnel down through Sportsman's Church and then through Man Church? I think the Cowboy Church has more of a tendency to grow larger. The Sportsman's Church, I think, is a smaller. I don't think it's ever – I don't really don't think – the beauty behind that is I think it's the whole concept and idea behind that church model, it's built for community. You know, it builds community. That's what what it does. Yeah. And I think the Cowboy Church potentially does have the the larger scale, uh, especially since it meets in air conditioning. Uh, it's just more. Yeah, just, totally. You're not you're, you're just not asking you're just not asking people to sacrifice. I mean, I feel like I'm in a on a mission trip every Sunday night. You know, under <laughs> now we heat? now now yeah we do actually move inside when the cold fronts come. We have a building that we can get inside that doesn't have AC, but it cools off enough 
where it's very comfortable so we can get out of the north wind but it's it still can be a very uncomfortable environment what i love though is i go to church with people who want to be there they want to be there they want to be in that environment so you're overseeing all of this but you have a pastor who's actually leading this new startup branded cowboy church yes sir and so he works for you you sit on the board of elders there yeah i'm assuming and then he's you, one of yeah and then yeah, you att- right. and then you obviously you attend that church I do, I do I do show up. I'm a, I'm, I I chose I told him that I'm going to be with him, man, until I don't need to be. Okay, I like that. So here's a question for you because, well, let me ask this question: Do you think that churches tend to focus on men in the church more, or women, or children? the The average church in America, the average church in Texas, let's say, what is their focus? You know what I mean as far as the service goes. Just. I would say new as far as the sort like just the general service Sunday morning. Yeah, their focus, you know, environment, decoration, temperature of the room, music style, preaching style. What what is the focus of the average church in Texas? Let's say. I'd say it's neutral, probably. Okay, and then your would you say that yours uh, is more men focused in all services? Uh, uh, for man church and for sportsman's church, yes. No doubt, but when you go inside the air conditioner, you're 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 saying you're saying that, you know, you're you're trying to create an environment where your seniors will show up, you know, and you're and you'll it's it's a more family friendly environment because obviously your women don't like sweating as much, you know, and so um, the kids don't care. That's what I've found. Yeah, kids could care less, uh, but women and seniors they care. You know, and I get that because I've done mission work around the world. Uh, but in America, in our culture, we are we're coddled. The church has coddled us and uh, create wants to create an environment. You know uh, that will be comfortable. I'm tired of hearing the word comfortable. I'm like, yeah. really? You really think you really think we get to heaven, man? Everything is just going to be life. Jesus' concern, major, is for you to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, but that's just what we. That's just reality. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just kind of where we live, and I'm. I get that. That's why I think I would agree with you that our cowboy church is probably going to be better positioned long term to be the larger scale at the top of the funnel. So, so you talk about air conditioner, and so I just want to push on that a little bit because there's an issue with air conditioning, and here's the issue I've come up with: if you heat the room too hot, it's going to affect the men adversely. If you have the room too cold, it's going to affect the women adversely. So, what? Where's the default? I mean, are you? Would you rather have a colder room? To because the men we we're typically hot blooded, right? The women have their jackets on. How do how is that an issue you've thought through? I'd rather be outside. <laughs> That's how well, I solve that problem. Well, and I think for me, I I would say if you're gonna sure if you're gonna outside. err err on the side of a cold room where the men are comfortable and the women can wear jackets. Everything has got to be focused on, in my opinion, what the man requires to get him back each Sunday. That's that's the dream. Yes, that's the dream. I would agree. So you've got tons of men-focused uh, ministries. And so the reason why people often shrink back from what you're doing is because the women, they say, won't come and the women will complain. So what are the complaints that you're hearing from the women because of all this manly stuff you're doing? Uh, they don't stay. We don't. I, they don't complain. They just leave. So the ones that don't aren't the, the ones that don't are, are not going to be okay with the uncomfortable environment. They just go to another church where they're comfortable. We get the one we get the families 
whose <clears throat> wife is desiring for her husband to step up. And we get the families, they, they show up because of that. They know that we're becoming known for that in our community. And then we also, uh, a lot of our families are outdoor families. They fish on their boats. They hunt outdoor, you know, they go duck hunting together and they, they, they're okay with being uncomfortable. And so I'm, I, we created a church where they don't care. You know, that's just not even a complaint of theirs. Matter of fact, when we go indoors, they get up. That's when they complain. They're like, when are we getting out of this building? Hmm, you know, yeah. and the cool thing is when we first started the church, it, our, one of our themes was we were a church without walls, like literally a church without walls. <laughs> like we were one that didn't have any, you know. And so we could when we say, yeah, because I, I went to a church in, in Washington, Seattle, Washington. I spoke out there at a leadership deal and that was his theme, you know, a church without walls. I thought, man, how, how catchy is that? But the irony, I looked around and I'm like, but dude, you got walls. I'm like, there's walls there. I'm like, there's walls everywhere. Figurative. Yeah, figurative. And I got it. But I was like, dude. So when I so when we went when I went home and we started the church, I was like, oh my gosh, that actually fits like really well for us. Like, and we're telling the truth. Like, we're not trying to make anybody have to stretch. Yeah. And so, uh, or have to dream outside, dream outside yeah, their box. Totally. Totally. You know. And so it was that was fun. And so that we don't. There's not a lot in that department. Um, the, the, in the, in the children, man, the, and that's, what's so fun about kids. It's the, it's the, it's the heart, the hardest part also is just finding children's workers who are okay in that environment. Cause it's very, it's very difficult. Cause in an outdoor environment setting, or when you're in that kids are kids, they go nuts. I mean, just like we oh, would yeah. as kids. I mean, we're just, they're just, they're balls to the walls, man. I mean, it's just flying all over the world. Uh, but we've got some phenomenal people that have stepped up over the years and help lead in that world and, and do children, uh, children's minute. we got kids ministries and children's ministries and, and we're a part-time driven church. So if you're paid on our staff, you're paid part-time. We have no full-time people. We have no benefits. Uh, that's the way I designed the church from the very beginning. Uh, and so most of us, if not all of us have something to do outside somewhere in the field, so to speak. Uh, and so it, it keeps, it keeps one foot in that, in that world. And we have some folks who, who are, who are stay at home, have businesses from home, et cetera, uh, or, or, uh, you know, stay at home mommies. And, uh, and man, they, they love it. I mean, they, they, they go, a lot of them spend time on deer leases. A lot of them spend time, you know, on the go in the Gulf catching reds and trout. And so we attract people who typically are okay with being uncomfortable. They just, they just adopted, you know, they, they transfer that over into their church setting, which can take a while. But the more they've done it, it's amazing to watch people transition. So now you're working another job as well. Yeah, like yeah, I do other stuff. Oh wow, okay. So so you said wives are desiring for their husbands to step up. Do you find that when you win the man, you win the family, as opposed to winning the woman? The majority of the time, yes. The yeah. majority of the time. Yeah. Not all the time. I don't agree with the whole all the time. Yeah. I don't agree in that generalization, but uh, because I, when I was in student ministry, I would win a student to Christ and I would build a relationship with that student to get to his dad. And then when I got to it, and then when I, when Jesus would bring that student to Jesus, when it, to himself, then I had that relationship. I built it with his dad. And then I started seeing his dad come to church and I'd see, and mom would typically gravitate, you know, first. And I, I've got examples of that in my church as well, Yeah. where our student ministry, and I'm a huge, obviously I was saved in student ministry. I mean, it, I wouldn't be here. I'd be, I'd be in hell and I'd be dead Yeah. if it weren't for what Jesus did for me at 16 years of age. And so I, I, I put a lot of money, time and emphasis in that age bracket with young men and young women and our culture. 
and so I've watched it happen as well, and I've, I've seen it happen this summer. I'm, I mean, I've literally seen that. Now, I've I've seen the majority of the time when I'm in the when I win the man, I win his family. Yeah. Bottom line, uh, I mean, he. There's no doubt. Uh, it's been a it's a beautiful thing, uh, but I'm not going to neglect the fact that I know that there are there are there's a significant value. That's why we have a, a ministry to women at our church, and we have a woman who's awesome in that position doing things that are incredibly creative in our setting. And we've got a couple that's doing our student ministry. His wife's actually leading the charge in that and doing a fantastic job. They love to hunt, fish, and camp, you know, so they kind of, they bleed our DNA, you know, when they lead our ministries. Wow, that's really cool. You know, what I found is that if you you put a woman in a service that she doesn't enjoy, but her husband goes and loves it, she'll stick around gladly. But if you do all day it, long, if, if you yeah, but if you do a service that targets the women, the men just stop showing up and the women are alone. No. Yeah, he'll find something else to do. I mean, you know, it's that whole prayer. I'd rather be, you know, uh, sitting in the woods thinking about, you know, sitting in the woods hunting, thinking about Jesus and sitting in the church thinking about the woods hunting. Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And so right. we just really need to focus on the men. So I really appreciate uh, your focus. I think that uh, we need to learn from that and uh, emulate that. So I have one last question, man. We're already done with our hour. Uh, here's the question. Here at the Man Card Podcast, we've defined manhood. At, we've wanted to give men a target to shoot at. So we've defined manhood as five things. Protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. Which one, Glenn, for you stands out the most and why? Uh, pursuing God passionately. Because if you pursue God passionately, all the other ones will fall into place. I mean, yeah. if you're consistently pursuing Him... And it's like a chase, man. I love to chase animals in the woods. I love to spot and stalk. I will prepare relentlessly for that. I will do things I will not do for anything else in the world for that experience. And so if I translate that into the same energy and the same power and passion into chasing God and to pursuing him for the for those for the godly attributes that he desires for my life, then I win. And all those other things and the conviction and the power that comes from that and the resurrection, all those other things will flow from that. You know, that's so good to hear because, you know, men tend to compartmentalize things. And the mistake I think men make is they compartmentalize their faith to an hour on Sunday or a man church on Thursday. And what I tell guys is God doesn't want to be a part of your life. He wants to be all of your life. Amen. And so when God is all of my life, I make the proper proper adjustments. You know, I'm like dial that scope in to hit the bullseye. But if he's not a part of my life, I just kind of let it shoot off course a little bit. I'm okay with that. And so I really appreciate that. I, you know, we, we uh, use this five fold aspect of manhood as a mountain climb and pursuing God is the summit. It's the apex. When a man hits that, he's hit the pinnacle of manhood. And that's where he learns to become uh, his best version. I think you called it something else. You called it uh, when a man, I can't remember what you said. You have it in your description. Um, the man he always dreamt of, or the uh, right pursuit yeah. of excellence, or the man, the, yeah, the man that God was designed him to be. Yep, exactly. So that is just so yeah. good, man. I, I, hey, Glenn, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us. So, how can our when our guys want to go check you out and get involved in your uh, Roundup three sixty one? How where can they go do that? You got a website address? Yeah, you can carefully. Uh, you can carefully Google man-to-man-online.org. Carefully. <laughs> yeah, otherwise you might. <laughs> and cautiously. You can cautiously and carefully uh, Google man-to-man-online.org. Uh, it's been out there for almost 18 years, so it's cleaned up a lot over the years. There's a lot more There's a lot more good things in those searches when they come up. I never thought uh, about that. Um, or the other, the, uh, 
I also bought glendry.com. It goes straight to my men's website. So if you do glendry.com, it goes straight to Man to Man Discipleship. That might be the safer one. And it's, yeah, it's, that's it's, the safe thing. <laughs> Glendry.com is a lot easier. Glenn with one N. Glenn with one N. Glenn with one N. Oh, man. Glenn, thanks so much for taking the time to share your wisdom experience with our (laughs) men in the arena and for being a man yourself, man. So thank you. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Hey, man. Yeah. Hey, guys, you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Changing your world is the toughest thing you're ever going to do. We're not going to lie about it. But we want to help you in your battles. There are three things you can do uh, as you partner with us. The first thing, enlist. Get our free resources, guys. Our free The Great Hunt for God app, which has tons of resources for you. Subscribe to the MCP. If you haven't done so already, write a positive review. Join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook page. We're going to hit 10,000 men in the next couple days, and we've only been up and running on that group for about 10 months. The second thing, guys, invest in our resources. Go check out our Man Card series. Check out the Man Card book, the Field Guide, the Bathroom Book for Men, or... Go find somebody else's resources you connect with and use those, but invest in your life. And guys, lastly, change your world. Get involved in championing the cause for God in your family, in your church, and in your community. Because when a man gets it, everyone everyone wins. Good timing, Pat. Join us in building an army of men in the arena who become the best versions of themselves in changing their world. Until next time, guys, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Oh, gosh, they don't roar like that. I guess if you're in the lion ring in the Coliseum, they roar before they eat you. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called the Man Card Weekend with the men in the arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style, distinguishing between men and boys. If you want to keep your man card, then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, The Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.